multiple quarterbacks benched in week seven in the NFL, plus a rash of injuries. And as always on Tuesdays, your yike of the week. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Tuesday on the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am one of your regular Tuesday hosts, Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. Uh, subbing in for Ross Jackson today, we got David Harrison at dharrison82. I do Locked On Vikings. David does Locked On Bucks and Locked On Commanders. Very interesting time to be covering those two teams. But <laughs> hey, one of them's on a two-game win streak. And it's not the one you would think. <laughs> and it's not the one you would have thought. <laughs> but even more interesting times in Indianapolis, uh, where Matt Ryan is benched. They yeah. traded for him. They're paying him a pretty penny, too. Took him away from the Falcons. What a quick downfall. Sam Ellinger is going to finish out the season for the Colts. Colts at three, three and one. This is not like the Panthers who are having a fire sale, packing it in, saying, all right, we've, we're, we're embracing the rebuild. Let's start piling assets. The Colts, even though I mean, losing to the Titans in this this last weekend really hurts, yeah. but they're not out of it, right? Like they're still looking right. at wild card spots and stuff like this is genu genuinely a we think this is the best thing for our franchise moves. What do you make of this, David? Uh, I think it's just so what I called it on locked on commanders, because funny enough, the commanders and Colts play this weekend. So we are talking about this because this directly impacts that matchup. Uh, I call this Jerry Jones syndrome. And I think Jim Irsay is way too involved in what's going on, on the football side of uh -huh. things. You know, he pushed Carson Wentz out and look, I'm not going to sit here and say that Carson Wentz should have been like the next Peyton Manning for the Indianapolis Colts or anything. But that decision from just the collection of stories uh, that had been going around was a personal decision, not a football decision. So they yes. pushed Carson Wentz out, who nearly got them to uh, the playoffs. And, and a lot of people want to remember him getting COVID prior to one of their losses at the end of the season. But they don't remember the game where he led their team to a victory when five of their starters were off the field because of COVID. So, you know, there, there's a lot of, of, of uh, revisionist history kind of going on with that whole story. And now you have a situation where Jim Irsay is like, oh, Matt Ryan's the greatest leader since Peyton Manning, but we're going to bench him anyway. So like, you've got a leader or you've got an owner that basically just can't decide which side of the coin he wants to sit on. One quarterback, he runs out of town for personal reasons. The other one, now he sits for football reasons, but loves him personally. Matt Ryan, worse than the NFL in interceptions, worse than the NFL in fumbles, <sighs> tied for being the sack to the most of all quarterbacks in the National Football League. So there are plenty of football reasons to make this move. But the whole line of we want to give Sam the rest of the season to show us if he can be our future is a crock. They're, they're tanking. They're tanking as much as an NFL team can tank. And, and I'm not saying that they're going to command that they go lose or anything like that. You can't ask football yeah. players to go no, out there Steven and take Ross. the punishment they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't think you could realistically tell football players to go get you know pummeled the way that they do on a weekly basis and lose on purpose. But Never. putting in a sick, a second year, sixth round draft pick quarterback is about as close as you're coming to tanking in the National Football League. I think they see the Bills, they see the Chiefs, uh, they even see some of these other teams that haven't performed as well, but could be better than they are, like the Raiders and the Chargers. And they're just like, you know what? 
it's not our year. Let's go get a CJ Stroud or or whoever we decide to draft with our really high draft pick and get Sam Ellinger some some experience. I don't buy it at all. And you know what? We'll see because Jonathan Taylor has been having some injury issues. So if if that injury magically gets worse this week and he's inactive against the commanders this weekend, then you're not going to tell me they're not doing anything but tanking this season. That's so interesting in that division. I mean, that is a two-team division, and the other team in it has Ryan Tannehill. And I know you just lost to him, and that makes it a lot harder, but it's a long season. To me, this feels feels like Jim Ursay being real sick of this pattern the Colts have been in ever since they got rid of Luck, or ever since Luck retired, um, of just grabbing some new rental, be it Phillip Rivers or Wentz, now Matt Ryan, and just sort of trying to paper things over with a one-year deal. Chris Ballard, I think he's built a pretty good roster over there, but he's bungled quarterback so hard. I think his seat is just like white hot right now. And I would not be shocked to see the Colts clear everything out at the end of the season. Although I don't think that would be very fair to Frank Reich. However, we have another benching situation to talk about as well as Uh, We are recording this Monday Night Football has just wrapped up. The Bears absolutely smacked the New England Patriots in New England in primetime. It's kind of a grim moment in New England. And in the middle of that game, after a particularly bad interception in in the first quarter, I think Mm. Mac Jones gets the hook for Bailey Zappi. Um, there was a lot of coinage throughout the week. Bill Belichick, you know, was going to be, there was reporting, there were leaks, but they tried to be coy about is Mac Jones going to be healthy enough to start or not. And then, um, he did Mac Jones started. He did not get very far. Bailey Zappi comes in, has throws a touchdown on a busted coverage. And then I think he threw two picks over the course of the night. Um, so also a rough outing there feels like a grim moment in New England and it, both of the pay, these franchises Patriots and Colts they're supposed to kind of be more or less where they were angling to go I mean they're not in rebuilds those rebuild right. quote unquote rebuilding seasons already happened they're supposed to be they're supposed to have built to something and yeah. they're benching quarterbacks and they're having catastrophic you know the the they're both you know three win teams here in late October yeah. This is a real rough time. And I mean, look, we've all decried the end of the Patriots plenty of times before, but I don't see what there is on that team right now to get me excited about the short term or long term future at all. Yeah. And, and I think that's the problem with with going after a young quarterback too soon. You know what I mean? And and uh, I mean, the Colts kind of kind of at the opposite uh, you know, problem. Although I don't know, man, I still, again, Carson's never going to be a Peyton or Andrew Luck, but I just, I had this, this, assert, uh, this assertion inside of me that if they give Frank Wright another year with Carson, he comes in this year and they use some of that draft capital to help him out that they're probably in a better situation than they are right now. Currently. Man, so it's Carson. That'd, probably. that'd be something, uh, for the Patriots. I mean, look, you bring Mac Jones in who's his number one weapon, Devonte Parker, maybe Hunter Henry right now. I mean, he's not exactly, you know, spoiled with riches and neither is Justin Fields. And that's kind of been the story, but even Darnell Mooney is the number one receiver in new England right now. If you put him on that roster, as far as I'm concerned, they don't have a world beater defense on the other side of the ball. Like Tom Brady did when he took over for an injured drew blood. So, so I mean, it's, it's really hard, you know, when you're trying to build an offense, you know, first thing, first thing, obviously you got to be strong up front in the, in the trenches. But then I, I love listening to Bucky Brooks on NFL media. I always talk about you got the passer, the playmakers, and the pass protection. They have, 
I mean, not terrible pass protection, right? But not the best necessarily in the NFL. You've got an inexperienced passer and you have no playmakers. That, that's the way I look at what the New England Patriots have right now. But then you're going to go through and you're going to take a guy that you spent a first round draft pick on and you're going to bench him at the first sign of maybe this one over here is shinier than the other one. Maybe we can reincarnate the Tom Brady situation. Like, it's, it's just to mm-hmm. me, it's ridiculous. The management of young egos. And I know a lot of people will say, well, this is the NFL. They need to toughen up. Every human being, I don't care who you are, 30 years on the job, you get pulled for the young guy even for a week, and and, they, and your company starts showering him with praise after everything you've done for them. You're going to have your ego get bruised, and it's going to stunt your development moving forward. And so, I mean, now they're kind of stuck yeah. in this situation where they're going to go week to week having to say who their starting quarterback is. Yes, they're going to be dealing with this all year now, and they deserve to deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. Confidence in the NFL is such a fickle thing because it, it, you're right. On one hand, it's like you're in the NFL, you know, men up, deal with it. You got punched in the mouth. Go, go be resilient. But on the other yeah. hand, confidence, especially at, at positions like quarterback, I think corner is this way. I think receiver is this way, where if you don't have the utmost confidence in what you're doing, you can't fake it. Like you have yeah. to make split second decisions on instinct. And yep. if you, if your confidence is shaken enough, not so shaken you can't get out. You know, nobody's getting stage fright and peeing themselves out there. But right. if you get shaken enough where you start to second guess things in the in split second decisions, that yep. can slow you down. That can ruin everything. And I think on the other side of the ball on this Monday night game, we saw somebody overcome that in Justin Fields, who's been dealing with that mm-hmm. exact problem of you know, not trusting himself. And he still had throws where he saw what he thought he wanted to see. He tried to throw it and he didn't trust it and he pulled it down and he ran. And that's always been the problem with him. But I think a, a big step forward for Chicago to go on the road, even if the other team in front of you has fallen apart, who cares? You go on the road, you kill someone in prime time. That's awesome Dang. and good for yeah. you, even on extra rest and make all the little addendums you want on it. Um, I think that's a, this, this was a good moment for Chicago. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's still the NFL. It's still hard to win uh, in the National Football League. So you take them however you can get them. And Justin looked good in some very crucial moments. So I think the big difference too, though, is like Justin, like there, there might be somebody peering over his shoulder for his job, but it's an end of the year situation. And again, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, basically they're in a situation where we're going out, make one mistake, and that might be your last play uh, as a New England Patriots yeah. quarterback. So I don't know what to tell yep. those two young men about their psyche. Um, you know, they, they can reach out to some people for some help. And if they do, I have some some people that would be very, very helpful uh, for them. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Who could be those guys? Because there's so much going on in life sometimes, Luke. And, and maybe mm-hmm. you just lost your starting job or maybe you just took over the starting job and now you didn't do so well. So you don't know if you're going to have it on the next day. Sometimes a problem feels so big that it's hard to move into problem solving mode. But when you solve those problems, it feels great. Whoever takes a hold of that starting job is going to feel amazing. In the meantime, a therapist could potentially be their partner in solving that problem, getting over some of those ego issues and making it easier to achieve their goals. And all of our listeners and viewers can do the same thing. Sometimes we can't see the forest through the trees and bring an outside party into the fold is extremely helpful. Me personally, I've found that I'm likely to be more completely honest with a stranger, which might kind of sound weird than, than someone oh, who's sure. familiar with me, uh, especially a stranger equipped with the tools I need to be successful and get over the hurdles that I need to get over. BetterHelp not only wants to be a part of that solution, but they have convenient, accessible, and affordable professionals ready for you, me, Mac Jones, whoever, over the, online or over the phone, on or off camera, so you can uh, pr- protect your anonymity a little bit, however you want. And if you don't like your first pairing, you can get a new one with no 
hassle. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. And all of you small business owners, as you gear up for fall, you're going to need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders the way that the Chicago Bears did on Monday Night Football. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Moving on with this locked on NFL podcast Tuesday edition. Hey, while you're here, Maybe after you finish this show, you should make your next listen of the day to Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski covering all things in all sports, all the major headlines, daily podcasts, just like this one. But for all sports, go check it out. Um, let's move on to the other thing of the week, which is it's getting rough out there for injuries. Um, some really rough ones. The Jets had a terrible a string of terrible news coming off of their win over the Broncos. They lose Brees Hall for the season. They lose guard Elijah Vera Tucker for the season, who has actually been able to play a lot of different positions for them and actually been a really valuable part of that. Really big blow for the Jets, who lose a huge part of their physical front, their run game and all of that, um, just as they are starting to build a little bit of momentum for the first time in it feels like a decade. Um that there are all kinds of other injuries over the course of the league. I'll pull up some names here in a second um, just to give you a sense for it. But do you think, David, that there is a pattern here? Do you think there's something we can mm -hmm. do or the, that the league couldn't do to make it so that this isn't such a doesn't feel like such a weighty thing every year? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there needs to be some sort of standardization, to be quite honest with you. Like there, you know, we have standards for all kinds. I mean, we have standards for the color of cleats or gloves that these players mm -hmm. can wear and those things minimally. I mean, cleats are pretty important. Don't get me wrong. And gloves might feel more important than other, but like the color of a guy's gloves aren't going to keep them from breaking a finger or not when I don't know, Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins is throwing them a bullet, you know, over the middle. But we have standards for what they have to be, what they can be made of, you know, like and it's and it's crazy. But week to week, these guys go to a different field. They practice on one field. Uh, one type of field that is, and they go to a completely different type of field to play the game per se. And look, some of these fields have some really, really bad reputations. Turf, I mean, just in general, right? I talked to a member of the Washington Commanders after the win over the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to say the name because technically it was an off-the-record conversation, even though it's not really mm -hmm. anything uh, all that inflammatory, but I just you know, want to keep it off the record is off the record. But when he told me, I don't really like playing on turf like because I was at because, you know, next game is Indianapolis. It's indoors and all that stuff. He's like, I'm just not really a fan of, of doing that kind of a thing. So that's obviously something that he's not looking forward to. And there's a reason for it. FedEx field is known. There's like a 10 yard bubble on one end of the field that has been the spot where so many players have had like Alex Smith suffered a gruesome injury like right there. Uh, Chase Young tore his ACL. It was like eight yards away from that exact spot. Like. 
and, and that again, where RG3 tore it, or am I wrong? I think it was RG3 as well. Yeah, there's like five or six like really bad injuries that happen all like within a, a general span of each other. It's kind of crazy. And again, I'm not like a field maintenance specialist. I can't tell you like I, you know, I've been on the FedEx field surface. I can't tell you why it's good or bad and and all these things. Right. But there are people who can. And the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, I think these players, you invest in them and you talk about safety. They deserve more effort. And they deserve some sort of standardization. I'm not saying you should need, like ban turf necessarily or ban whatever, but like just have a minimum. I don't know. There's got to be like some sort of, of measurement, tensile strength type measurement to a field, like how cushion it is or how much, you know, of a, of a of an issue it is for joints and all that stuff. And I think the NFL should invest in their players and do some research, put a panel together maybe and figure out a standard, a minimum standard of turf field quality. Uh, and how it impacts, you know, I mean, again, these guys tear ACLs, they can literally tell them by standing on a, basically a scale how much weight their or of their body mass are putting on each leg. Measure that and turn mm-hmm. it into some sort of a field standard. Right. And, and you have all sorts of, of measurements on, especially when it comes to like knee injuries, because one of the yeah. things that can really ruin a guy's career when he gets a knee injury is if he comes back, um, then he'll have more tension put on the other leg as he rehabs because he can't, you know, put as much weight on the other leg and then the gait changes and and your body's not used to that. And then you tear up the other knee and that's how that kind of thing can compound. But let me give you a a modicum of hope because my Vikings have, Mm -hmm. this is kind of a story in Minnesota and it precedes the Vikings. A couple of guys, um, Tyler Williams and, Uriah Myrie uh, as head athletic trainer. These are two guys that were doing this in Los Angeles with the Rams for years. And they came over to Minnesota when Kevin O'Connell got hired. Um, They have implemented what has been kind of dubbed as like a sports science thing, which is this really uh, broad term for it. But they have done a lot of various things to try to limit injuries. They went way light on preseason action. I don't know what other teams do. I don't know what the teams you cover do, but the Vikings went really, really light in the preseason, barely ever went full speed. They benched their starters for the entire preseason, instead using a joint practice session with the 49ers as their de facto preseason. Um, And they basically went really, really hard. Those two practices installed everything all at once and pretty much let up the gas for the rest of it. And they are currently the second healthiest team in the league next to just the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think off the dome employ something similar. Um, One example as well, they just played in a scorching game in Miami, heat and humidity, where a lot of injuries can happen when your muscles are cramping because of the heat and tensing up because of the heat that can lead to muscle tears and strains and stuff. Um, They had like an entire extra hydration regimen. They've utilized the heck out of sleep science when they went to, to London. Um, and really like took control of their like circadian rhythms and, you know, had this whole thing and and they're doing all this throughout the week. And it's this like huge focus for that for, I think it's a Kevin O'Connell thing for one, but it's Tyler Williams and Uriah Myrie. Um, Those guys are, I think, figuring out ways to maybe limit this. And my hope Mm -hmm. of hope that this does not become something that's just a Vikings advantage forever, right? As much as I would love for the Vikings to have an advantage, I hope this kind of thing spreads throughout the league. And I, I hope the Vikings can be kind of uh, proof positive that, hey, it, approaching things in this way, using medical information that is all that we all know and is accepted, stuff like if you're well hydrated, you're just less likely to cramp in the heat and trying to use it to, to limit this stuff 
I, I think that that can be a really positive step for the league, but, but I think teams individually have to take it on and look, some organizations in the league are a little more resistant to new information than others. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's the, the way it has to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whatever the answer is, I like that. I mean, all that stuff is way over my head from an intellectual standpoint. Like I'm much better at saying like that guy hit that guy really hard and that made this play happen. Uh, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, Again, I just go back to it, right? Because like, I guess the Colts have like, like probably like one of the best turf fields in the National Football League, and that's and that's all great. But you saw players, you're like, I just don't like just turf alone is just a problem. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I would I, almost I think, assume yeah, turf needs to go. It's time. Yeah, because There's the scouting combine is there. Like I would maybe think that the NFL pays a little bit more attention to what the field surface is at Lucas Oil. For so sure. I mean, maybe that that has a benefit to it. But I just like I said, man, there there's so many. I mean. We're we're gonna regulate how much these guys can dance. Come on, let, let's let's do some stuff and, and talk about the sports science. The Buccaneers are really big on the sports science. The Commanders they don't really talk about it as much. I mean, I know that they wear a lot of the same equipment, so I'm sure that they're doing a lot of the same measurements. That might be something I asked Ron Rivera about actually later this week. But I mean, I I think personally there needs to be a little bit more study done too, and how much preparation helps in some of these things. And if we're not maybe practicing too light, because like you said, there's been a trend towards less practice and less intense practice. Right, you still have to and acclimate just, to contact and, and right. all that. Well, so not even just contact, but I almost wonder these soft tissue injuries. I mean, the Buccaneers get like a handful of hamstring injuries, and hamstring injuries seems like year after year it's just more and more hamstring injuries and even groin mm -hmm. injuries. And I'm just wondering if maybe the lesser ramp up to the full speed action. Uh, has something to do with that maybe yeah it could be a warm weather thing you know it's hotter for the yeah. buccaneers for longer um which can be to the buccaneers advantage if properly utilized right yeah dehydration and all that just like you, you're going to get more injuries up in green bay in december just because you're playing on hard mm. hard sod all the time cold muscles or hurt um, muscles buddy that's what i've always been told mm-hmm um, and if you let them get too hot so that they start cramping, same thing. And players will try to play through that kind of stuff and put themselves in danger. Um, but it's it's all balances and stuff, right? Like there's never going right. to be hard and fast stuff. But those sorts of practices, I think, can have a a good impact on on the whole. And I, I yep. hope that that can start to limit all of this injury stuff. Some of the other names, by the way, since I promised that DK Metcalf is going to miss a bunch of time. Mike mm -hmm. Williams for the Chargers is going to miss a bunch of time. Evan Neal, rookie tackle for the Giants, going to miss a bunch of time. JC Jackson, tears his patellar tendon, mm -hmm. might be out, out for the season. That kind of thing has ended careers before. So yeah. th those are some of the names that I, I wanted to uh, bring up. Yeah, absolutely. And look, nobody, you know, you're never going to find anything or balance or turf or field or whatever that's going to suit everybody. But there is something that can suit everybody, and that is Prize Picks. Our buddies over there, one of one of the my favorite apps on my phone. Uh, you pick two to five players; they're going to be healthy. They're they're not going to be injured players, and hopefully they stay that way. And you're going to pick whether you think they're going to get more or less than their Prize Picks projection, whether it be passing yards, rushing yards. You can do a combined rushing and receiving uh, yards, and and all that. That's always a little bit of extra fun. You pick the two to five players, you pick their more or their less than their projections. And if you win, you can get up to 10 times your money on any of the entries. And then you can take as much time as you want, be super investigative into it, or you can make your picks in less than 60 seconds, book it, let it go, watch the games, enjoy. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including obviously the NFL, or they wouldn't be sponsoring this show. Or you got the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL. And you've got cricket, the most popular sport in the world, believe it or not. 
and they offer safe and fast withdrawals currently operating in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the prize pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports in a new way. First time users, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100 with a promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, they give you 100. You deposit 50, they give you 50. That's how it works. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100 on the prize picks app or at prizepicks.com. Quick update for you, David, as we've been recording this um, during Bill Belichick's post-game press conference. You turn it on basically right as, as the game ended. Yeah. Um, Chad Graff of The Athletic Covers the Patriots says that uh, Bill Belichick said Mac Jones was not benched after three drives, and instead the plan was always to play both quarterbacks, and Mac Jones knew that both quarterbacks would play. So this was not a spur-of-the-moment decision, but it was instead a plan to have Mac Jones play a little, then pull him and have... Bailey Zappi go in. That gets a yike from me. And that brings us yeah. to our big yikes of the week. Ross and I have been doing this all season. Um, so we just, we pick a thing that made us say, yike. Uh, that is not my yike, but I will give it a yike nonetheless. There are yikes yeah, to go around. So feel free to bring up multiple. Uh, but David, what happened this week that made you say, yike? So this isn't mine either, but I do want to just because it's perfect. So what's more, what deserves a yikes more rotating quarterbacks or rotating left guards, left guards, rotating yeah. quarterbacks are, I can see it in some contexts. Like if you have a taste right. Hill and you want a package thing, yes. I mean, go back to Pat white in Miami in 2008 when they did their wildcat year, like you, Ooh, there's a deep cut, right? Yes. <laughs> um, like there, there's ways you can make that work. And I actually do think that there can be, that can be really difficult to prepare for. You just have to be able yeah. to execute it. Rotating offensive line, offensive line is so much about chemistry. And right. when I say O-line chemistry, I mean, O-line splits are so important. You have to line up at the same depth and at the proper width with everybody to the yeah. inch. You got to practice that with somebody a lot and rotating mm -hmm. them a lot can, it's, it's like rotating kickers or holders. Like there is, this very intricate and delicate precision to it that rotating can destroy where I, I don't think I think quarterback is so much more a complex of a complex system that there's room for that flexibility. I agree. 100% Tampa Bay Buccaneers rotated left guards against Carolina Panthers. And that is Woof. the plan moving forward uh, as well. So and the uh, Packers for that too. What were the, what have they been doing on their O line? Yeah, I, I know they've had some swaps, but I think most of theirs. I thought anyway, the most of their swaps are at least injury related. Uh, this is just... yeah, they they have had like they gave like half a game to David Bakhtiari, but they did it like drive by drive. Right. So Wild speaking stuff. of Packers and the Buccaneers, actually, they're involved in my yikes this week, and that is uh, the kings of the NFC not being very kingly, and you got to throw the Los Angeles Rams in there as well. And in preseason, a lot of people said it's Bucks, it's Packers, it's Rams, and it's everybody else. Maybe mm -hmm. the Eagles make some quote unquote noise. Me personally, I'm going to call myself out too. I said it's Bucks, it's Rams, then it's Eagles and Packers, and then it's everybody else playing for playoff spots. It's been Eagles and nobody else. Disrespect to the Vikings if when I say that because they're five and one, they're sitting there going, "Hey guys, we're we're right here too. What's going on?" Maybe just a little less exciting in the way that they're doing it. But I mean, the, the Vikings, Giants, and the Jets NFC. are all in this weird category. Oh, yeah. I mean, together. the Giants, yeah. I mean, look, the Giants, listen, guys, y'all earned the disrespect. 
you're gonna have to do it for a whole year before people start showing you that respect. But sure. it is what it is. I mean, but I mean, look, the kings of the NFC are right. I mean, three win teams, three and four, two of them, three and three, one of them, and one of well, the Rams. The only reason they're not three and four probably because they didn't play this weekend. Um, it's like not out of the realm of possibility to see none none of those teams in the playoffs. Yeah, but then I got Jonathan Vilma, you know, on the game broadcast telling Buccaneers fans that your team is still in first place, so you should be happy. And I don't know. By tiebreakers. I want to see the Falcons win that division so bad. Let's get weird. (laughs) I mean, at at this point, they almost deserve it more. And I tell tell you, I caught a little bit of flack earlier this year from some Packers fans for saying that the Green Bay Packers were the third best team in the NFC North. I mean, I may not be wrong, Luke. You may not be wrong. I'm, they are I'm not going to lie. I actually tied. was being hyperbolic when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> They're but I might tied. actually be right. If you watch uh, Peter Bukowski on Twitter, too, he's all over this. They're tied yes. with the Bears and yes. like points per game and a lot of even more advanced like metrics and stuff. They're like blow for blow with the Bears. It is genuinely yep. arguable who has played better so far, the Bears or the Packers. Yep. And the Lions also uh, appeared. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take I mean, my Lions, yike. You know. They were an exciting story. They're a, a very endearing one, five and one, yeah. uh, or whatever their record is, or one and five. Yeah, one and five. Yeah, one and five. I'm oh, I'm mixing them up with the Texans. I want to apologize for that. <laughs> My yike goes to the AFC. Kenny Pickett. Oh, got a a hard fought game against a pretty good Miami Dolphins defense. Oh, in not great conditions in prime time. It started raining. It's it's foggy anyways. Your hands all slippery and stuff. And he was driving, man. That looked like it could have been a legacy moment. Down 10 to 16, could have gone down the field, scored one by a point. And he throws the most boneheaded interception. Yeah. I mean, just straight up didn't see a guy. He was rolling out of the pocket, got so excited to make a move. Just straight up didn't see Noah Igbenogany. And... Igmanogany, who's having a low-key breakout season, I'm going to be honest, right? Um, is gets that that interception on on the big stage. Look, you're a rookie, but you can't your arm can't cash that check, my dude. Like, right? That's the lesson that Kenny Pickett always had to learn, and that was always what he was coming out is it, it very similar, honestly, to Mac Jones. Is like, hey, mm. you, you're you're look a little more pro ready. You look a little bit like maybe you can handle this, but you're you clearly are lacking in physical tools yeah. and you gotta, you gotta know who you are. <laughs> and that was, a yeah, you gotta play moment. within the framework, man. Like that's yep. A- Don't write checks that your arm can't cash. Kenny Pickett got caught doing that in a big spot. And I think the entire nation all collectively in big unison musical harmony said, yike. That was rough. That was rough. But you know what? It was really close to being really rough watching Mike McDaniel not go for that field goal and potentially drop a game because of it like that that like that game was going to produce a yikes no matter what happened in that one mike we can give them both a yike you could we got yikes to go around mike is gonna enjoy it though taking that win home with him he'll take that yike with a win (laughs) take that win and watch bill belichick fall to three and four oh my goodness not too much to complain about there interesting afc east it's totally upside down from what it's been for the last 20 years and you know what we kind of love to see it parody is fun Tomorrow on the show, uh, you could talk to James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. Those guys are, uh, I don't know what they'll be talking about, but they'll be in for it. You can also check out the prediction, or yeah, the, the keys to the game show on Friday, where we all get in our keys to victory. 
We will see you all for that. For David Harrison, I am Luke Braun here in the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available on all platforms.